Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you once again for another new week of messages. But this week, I want to talk to you about how faith works. Father, in the name of Yeshua, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I love you and I appreciate this opportunity to minister once again, to teach your word, to to cause the blessings and the prosperity and the favor of the Lord through my speech <clears throat> to fall upon your children. Lord, we cry unto you, Father, feed us that manna, feed us that bread from heaven, saturate us, saturate our spirit, our souls with your word of God. Cause us to become full, Father, of a heavy dose of the anointed, sanctified word. Let it nourish our bodies in the name of the Lord Jesus. <clears throat> let's go to Genesis, the first chapter, and let's start at the 27th verse. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Now, what, what is God? God is a spirit. God is a spirit. The Bible teaches that God is a spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So if God created man in his own image, the image of God created he him, male and female created he them, and then it says, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, now remember, he created man. He created man, one person, in his own image. And then he said, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. So both the male and the female was in one body, which is a, a, a type, a shadow of, of God telling us in the future when, you know, because the Lamb of God, which is Jesus Christ, the Bible teaches that he was slain. In Revelation, it teaches that he was slain before the foundation of the world. So whatever God does, he does it in the spirit realm before he does it in the natural. So man was created before he was even put in a body. That's where I'm going with this. When God got ready to bring Jesus to being, he had all the prophets prophesy. He had the ordinances in the Old Testament to represent Christ. Uh, Joseph was a type, type of Christ. Abraham was a type of Christ. All the men of God in the Old Testament, all the ordinances of the temple, all of those things, because God told Moses to see that you build them according to the pattern in heaven. All of these things are shadows and types. And the word of God teaches that the lamb, which is symbolic of Jesus being a sacrifice, the Lamb of God, which is Jesus Christ, was slain before the foundation of the world. Now, I'm telling, I'm going to show you how faith works. So when God created man in his own image, that means he made man in his original state as a spirit. You are a spirit being. Now, the words of this Bible I'm reading, they are spirit and they are life. The key is going to be to get your fleshly man to come into concert or symphony with the spirit man. And that's what a battle lies. We're going to get into that. God has already blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places 
in Christ Jesus. Even though you are in the earth realm, you are seated together with Christ in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The Bible also teaches that you was baptized into one body with Christ. How many have read those scriptures I just quoted? So you are already in Christ. Many people, one body. Jesus Christ being the head, he surnames you. See, you're called Christ. Know ye not that you're God's. Jesus was God in the flesh. In Jesus Christ dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And that person in whom all the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelt, he dwells in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, when you start to keep quoting these scriptures that the great one lives in me, that I'm seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that I'm more than a conqueror, then you're going to begin to understand how to dominate the body. I didn't got ahead of myself, but I want you to know where I'm going. At verse 20, we started at 27, now we're at 28. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Now, he's saying these things to them while they're in the spirit, man. You know, it seems like I can remember being in the spirit with God before I ever came to the earth. God was saying these things to them before they came to the earth. When you get born again, you, it starts to come back to your spirit by prophetic revelation. God showing the prophet your life that you were supposed to carry out on his earth to adjust you to his divine call. That's what prophetic ministry is designed to do, is to adjust you to your divine call, adjust you to your divine order. See, because it's a spiritual order that you must be adjusted to. The enemy attacks you in, in the soul power. The soul consists of the mind and the will of the emotion. He has access to that realm because of the fall of the first Adam. I'm going to get to all that. But see, your faith is the call into being what really is is to prophesy with your tongue what it's supposed to be to discipline and direct your senses to line up with God's divine order. So God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in which into which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed to you, it shall be for me. So forth and so on. Now, if you notice when God made everything, it was already mature. He didn't grow man from a seed. The man was already grown, but his seed was in itself. He, he, he formed him as a spirit first and in his spirit, it was the male and the female. And then he spoke to him in his spirit. See, God is a spirit. He spoke to Adam in his spirit, right? When he was in spirit form, he blessed him in the spirit. See, he told him in his spirit form, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, have dominion and all that. He said these things to him in the spirit. Now let's go to Genesis 2. And at verse 7, now watch this. God has already blessed him in his spirit. He, he's given him an order in his spirit. Have dominion. So do the earth. Do these things. Do that thing. And so forth. 
fruit bearing uh, a fruit bearing seed with seed is in itself. It was already grown trees and all. He didn't grow the tree from seed. He planted everything in its mature stage. How many how many understanding what I'm saying? Everything was planted in a mature state. That's why God called the things to be not as though they were. He see you as a person already in the mature state. He see you as already healed. See? And if you disagree with his word, you negate what he is trying to bring forth in your life. When you say, well, I'm going to get healed, you slow, you you cause the healing not to manifest. When the, when the Bible say, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, and you say, and I pray for you, I say, now uh, uh, you're healed, and you say, well, that was a great prayer. I know I'm going to get healed. See, you just negated the faith because it's a now faith. God is trying to accelerate the water into wine. See what I'm saying? So in, in Genesis 2, it says, in verse 7, it says, and the Lord God, formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. Now, God first blessed him in the spirit realm. Then he formed a body and breathed his spirit into that body and that man became a living soul. Adam's, the first Adam power was in the soul, which is the mind, the will, and the emotions. But God blessed him in the spirit realm. And he was an immortal. Even though he was in the soulless realm, he was still an immortal. But Satan came and corrupted the soul. Now God had to make man be born again to create a a brand new plan, which was his original plan. Hallelujah. I got a lot to say. I'm out of time. Be blessed. Welcome on this Tuesday, Brother Derek, uh, with you once again. We're talking about how faith works. Well, let's go back. Let me review from yesterday. Yesterday, we talked about in Genesis 1. Let, let me go back and read it. Genesis 1 and at verse 27, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Hallelujah. And if you notice in Genesis 1 and 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And that was light. So God bring things into manifestation by speaking. That's the way he do, do it, by speaking. He's a creator. And he create things by speaking. See, in verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the earth, over, all, over the cattle. And over all the earth and over every creeping thing that created upon the earth. So God is a creator. He creates by speaking things in existence. So he spoke this thing into existence, right? If you read all of Genesis 1, God keep on speaking. He keep on declaring, and things start coming to pass because God is a spirit, and he speak it into existence. But in Genesis 2, he formed man, hallelujah, 
from the dust of the ground. He began to form him from something that he's already spoken to existence. He formed it. But then he, he breathed into him or he released his words into that body. And when he spoke into that body, the breath of life came and man became a living soul. Now, man, or Adam, the first Adam, he broke his covenant with God and gave Satan the dominion he was supposed to have. He gave it to Satan. The dominion Adam was supposed to have, he gave it to Satan. And now Satan has become, even the word teaches this, the God of this world. Now, the only way Jesus have access to this world is through us. You see what I'm saying? And the way Satan has access to this world is through us. Because they are spiritual beings, and God made Adam flesh in this realm so that he could dominate in this realm. God dominating in the in the other realm, we're supposed to dominate in this realm. But what happened was, when Adam transgressed, he gave his authority to Satan. That's why Jesus had to come as a quickening spirit. Let's go to um, 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. And let me go down to the, um, the 45th verse. It says, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, was a living soul. In other words, his power was in the senses, the flesh, the mind, the will, and the emotions. And it says the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. That's talking about Jesus. So Jesus was actually a spirit. He wasn't even, see, Jesus was not, not he was not mortal, or, and he wasn't immortal. He was something, his own self, see, he was able to violate the laws of nature. He was able to walk on water. He came and brought in a different order, and he came to be the lamb of sacrifice for God. That whosoever shall believe on the Lord Jesus Christ shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But Jesus was God in the flesh. And when he died for us, when we confess him as Lord and Savior, he has given us his authority. He has given us the same authority that God had with Adam in the beginning. That, that authority has been given back to man. But the problem is because the soul has been corrupted, the enemy has access to your soul. So what happens is when a person gets sick, the enemy will work on their soul or their mind, their will and their emotions and telling them you're going to die. It's an incurable disease. Or if a person having financial trouble, the enemy will work on their soulless power, their mind, their will, and their emotions. Tell them, say, man, you're going to lose everything. This is going to happen. And that is going to happen. And all these attacks is coming through the soulless realm. But if a person can train himself to remember what God said, that he's giving you authority to subdue the earth, he's giving you this high authority to rule and reign as kings and priests in the earth realm, you will begin to say out of your mouth what God says, and you will begin to thwart the plans of the enemy. You begin to push back his, his plans. You, when you begin to train your soulless realm to come into subjection 
to your original self, which is a spirit man, that's when you receive your healing. That's when you receive finances. That's when you receive deliverance from evil spirits. When you come to the knowledge of who you really are. Now I spent all that time trying to really get you to know who you really are. Your original state is a spirit. God is a spirit. You are a spirit. The words that I'm speaking to you, they are spirit and they are life. When you begin to know that you are a spirit by confessing, I am a spirit. Say this one time. Say, I am a spirit being. Say, I, li- I, say, I have, have a soul and I live in a body. Say it again. Say, I am a spirit being. I have a soul and I live in a body. Say it again. I am a spirit being. I have a soul and I live in a body. Now, God took thousands of years prophesying Jesus into existence. How many know that? If you read Isaiah, he prophesied about Jesus. If you read the Old Covenant, they was prophesying about Jesus. All the stories, even Samson, a type of Christ, Joseph, all of them, uh, Abraham, all those people in the, in the covenant, uh, Jacob and, and Israel, all those people are, are types of Christ. God changing his name from Jacob to Israel, different things. He's he going from, from the first Adam to the second Adam, from curse to blessed so forth and so on. It's a lot of types and shadows. The, the story about Ruth and Boaz and all that. All of that are shadows and types of Christ. Now we're really talking about how faith works. Faith works when you begin to de- declare the end from the beginning. When you begin to believe it as such, even though you can't see it with your normal eyes. You believe in your healed and knowing you're healed before you have the physical manifestations because you really are a spirit. You believe in that you have the finances you need for whatever endeavor you have before you have it because you are really a spirit being and not and not a body. See, you're not a mind. You're not a body. You are a spirit. You remember when, when uh, one place in the, in the word of God, they, they asked the disciples, they say, your master don't pay tribute. And Jesus told them, say, hey, uh, go out there and catch a fish. And when you catch that fish, pull that hook out of that. When you, when you catch that fish, look in his mouth, and there's going to be a coin in his mouth. And take that coin out of that fish mouth and pay the people for both of us. See, that happened because Jesus is a spirit. He, that happened because he said it happened. See, he's operating on a higher level of authority than in the fleshly body. See, when, you're, when you realize that you are supernatural, if I was talking to you in, in, in the terms of science fiction, you would be like a Marvel comet that can, that one of those superheroes that can time travel from the past until the future and so forth. That's who you are. Actually, that is really who you are. You are able with your words to bring into manifestation the thing that you need. So if a person have a disease and their doctor say you have an incurable disease, you say in the, in the face of sense knowledge that I'm, I'm, God said I'm healed, I'm healed. I don't care what they say. I'm already healed. I already have it because you're not a body. You're not a body. You are a spirit. And when your spirit begins to declare over that body, the body has to obey the spirit in any area, whether it be healing, financial, 
or deliverance from evil spirit, whatever it is, the body has to obey the spirit when you get this revelation. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. Well, welcome on this Wednesday morning. I want you all to say a confession with me. Say, I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. Say that one more time. Say, I am a spirit being. I have a soul. And I live in a body. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, you've given me the tongue of the learned. To speak a word in season to them that are weary. For, Lord Jesus, you have made unto me wisdom. Let it come forth. Let it be demonstrated in the name of the Lord Jesus. Psalms 103, let's start at verse 1. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Now, this David, <clears throat> understanding that he is a spirit, telling his mind, telling his will and his emotions to bless the Lord. He's speaking to his senses, to his flesh. He's telling his flesh to bless the Lord. Then he said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. His spirit, man, don't forget the benefits of the Lord. But the soulish man might. The soulish man might believe that he's sick. The soulish man might believe that he's broke. The soulish man might believe what, what the devil has been trying to tell him, that he's a nobody, that he's a sinful man. See, the devil used people telling to slander you, to accuse you. He'll try to make you do something you hadn't done. If you listen to him long enough, he'll, he'll have you confused. But the Bible says, whosoever believe on the Lord Jesus Christ will not be confounded. You know, he'll put conviction on you for nothing. I remember Andrew Walmack one time said he was in the bathroom and he read profanity that somebody else wrote. And he was repenting over that because he read it. You know, the enemy will have you, if you allow him, going haywire. But see, we're not in the flesh. We're not in the soul. We're in the spirit. So you cannot listen to what the what the enemy speaks to the soulish realm. You got to listen to the Holy Spirit. You got to speak to your soul. You got to tell your body. You got to tell your mind. Tell your will. Tell your emotions that no evil befall me, neither shall any plague come down my dwelling. That I am blessed and highly favored. That I am more than a conqueror. That I can do all things through Christ Jesus who sends me. See, the first Adam was a living soul, but the second Adam was a quickening spirit. Your first created part is spiritual. And the second part is body. See, God created your spirit before he put it into his, to this body. But because you was born in this body, you was born in sin and iniquity. But Jesus Christ came, lived a clean life, that when you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you go back to your original state. You are a sin-free person. Glory, hallelujah. Because Jesus has paid for all the sins that you have done or will do in your body. He condemned sin in the flesh. So now you have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you have to affirm yourself for that. You have to tell yourself, I am righteous. Because sometimes the soulless realm will try to disagree with the spirit realm. This is how faith works. When you continue to declare God's word upon the physical body, upon the senses, you begin to bring the senses into symphony 
with the word of God, into harmony with the word of God. Hallelujah. One place Elijah was surrounded by his enemies and his assistant Jehazel, I think that's his name, something like that. He said, Lord, we're surrounded. We're going to die. And Elijah told him is more with us than with them. Well, how was that possible? Because he was seeing in the spirit realm. He wasn't controlled by the soulless realm. He wasn't a living soul any longer. Hallelujah. Because he had the spirit of God on the inside of him being a prophet. So he wasn't controlled by the senses. You know, even when he died, well, Elijah, Elisha died. Elijah didn't. He was caught up with whirlwind in heaven. But it was so much anointing on him till a dead man fell and touched his bones and came back to life. Go, go back and read the book of Kings. Well, Elijah, seeing in the spirit realm, he saw angels. He saw angels everywhere in the spirit. And he told him, he told Jehazel, is more with us than with them. And he didn't see anything. He said, Lord, open up his eyes. And when he opened up his eyes, he saw angels everywhere. And then God did a miracle. He caused the people who was looking for them not to recognize them. And they walked right by them. I mean, they walked right by them. And then they began to kill one another. And there was angels everywhere around them. See, when you're in the spirit realm, things are not like it looked in the natural. Oh, I hope you're getting this today. When you're in the spirit, things are not like it looked in the natural. See, they were surrounded in the, in the natural. But in the spirit realm, it was angels everywhere. You know, they could give you a bad report. But see, the word of God is right. It says you're already healed. It's just a test to see who's going to win. The, the, you being able to get your senses into concert with what the word says or the senses dominating your spirit. The, the senses didn't want Jesus to come, but the spirit warned. The prophets kept prophesying until Mary got pregnant without having intercourse because it was spoken to existence by the prophets. When you begin to say what the word says over and over again, it's going to prevail against the senses. Now, here, here, here's what the battle is. The enemy has access to your senses, to your flesh. He's going to try to speak to your mind, try to, try to speak to your emotions, try to cause you to believe a lie. Fear is false evidence appearing real. F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. Yes, it could be evident in, sense, in the sense realm. You could have a doctor's report. You could have a, a bank account that says zero. But faith declares against the senses that my God supplied all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Faith declares against the senses that by his stripes I'm healed, that I have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It's impossible for my flesh to be sick because God dwells in this body. This body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And I'll fulfill all the number of my days in health. Hallelujah. I will not die sick. 
I fulfill a number of my days and I go to sleep or be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. I have eternal life. I cannot die. Glory, according to 1 John, the fifth chapter, when I believe on Jesus Christ, I have eternal life. Now, you being a spirit, knowing that the spirit is stronger than, than the senses are, are stronger than the flesh. See, the first man, Adam, was a living soul. The second Adam, which is Jesus, was a quickening spirit. When you believe on Jesus Christ, you became one with him. Now you are a quickening spirit. You are a quickening spirit. Say this, say, I am a quickening spirit. Glory, glory, hallelujah. So when you begin to declare what the word of God says, it causes the soulless realm to come into divine order. Now, I don't work just saying it one time and don't say it again for 20 years. No, you got to make faith confessions on a daily basis. That's how faith works. And after you keep on prophesying to your body, prophesying to your finances, prophesying over your spouses, prophesying over your children, other words, speaking those good things, those prosperous things, those things that are desired over yourself, over your children, over your finances, over your neighborhood, by and by these things begin to come to pass. So David knew this precept, which caused him in Psalms 103 to say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgive it all thine iniquities, who heal it all thy diseases. He was reminding his soulless realm that my iniquities are forgiven. He was reminding his body that his, his body is healed from all diseases. And David lived his entire life and went to sleep. Why? Because he constantly quoted, these, quoted this out of his mouth. He wrote it down. He quoted so much, he wrote it down. He said his mouth is satisfied with good things so that his youth is renewed as the eagles. Hallelujah. I'm out of time, but I got too much to say. I'm going to have to get with you tomorrow. Be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters. Welcome on this Thursday. We're talking about how faith works. I'm going to get right on into the word. Let's go to Luke, the fourth chapter. Let's start at the 23rd verse. It says, and he said unto them, you will surely say unto me this proverb, this Jesus talking, physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. And he said, verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. Now, what is Jesus was saying? What is he saying? The reason the faith wasn't, the reason he couldn't do the works because they didn't have faith in it. They didn't like him. They they wanted him to show them, wanted him to show them a sign to prove to them something. You know, um, I, I I pray for somebody, I touch their head, the headache will go away. I might lay hands on somebody, the cancer go away. I send a prayer cloth and the cancer go away or something to that effect. But, you know, it has been a lot of people, too. I did the same thing and nothing happened. Why? Because you have to receive it. You have to kind of have a respect for it or, or for God's or prophet or servant or whoever is ministering in the stead of God. I've seen the Lord work for people by my prayers because they, they, they esteem me highly, me just being nobody. They esteem me highly for whatever reason. And whenever I pray for that person, something happens. And I've seen the people be like, man, ain't nothing to that dude, this and that. Yeah, yeah, go ahead on and pray. And God don't move at all because of the attitude of the person. Well, right here, it, it, as you can see, Jesus talking, and he said, Verily I say unto you, 
No prophet is accepted in his own country. <clears throat> this is Luke 4. Now we have verse 25. It says, but I tell you of a truth. Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elias, which meant, what they mean Elijah, because it's translated from the Greek. But unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto Sarepta, which is talking about Zarephath, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. And many leopards were in Israel in the time of Elias the prophet, talking about Elisha. And none of them were cleansed, saving Namath the Syrian. And all day in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. See what I'm saying? They were filled with wrath. Because they wanted him to do a miracle to prove to him that he was a prophet or whatever. And faith won't work that way. If you, if you don't receive the people who are giving you instructions, your faith won't work. You know, I've seen men killed because they were speaking against God's servant. I've seen people remain sick because they didn't respect God's servant. Now, the key is to get you to know you a spirit so you don't need anybody to lay hands on you. See, Jesus, one place he had to lay hands on people to get them healed. They say he laid his hands on a few, but another place he only spoke the word. It's talking about uh, a higher level of revelation. See, God will meet you <clears throat> on whatever plane you need to be met on. But his ultimate goal is to get everybody to a higher level of revelation. That's why Paul said, I labored to Christ be formed in you. Christ is formed in you by speaking words, by releasing words, by you hearing words. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by words, words that are sent from God. After you begin to hear God sent words, it begins to form of strength into you. When you hear Satan's word, it webs into your spirit a weakness. It's almost like a spider building a web in your house and stopping the word of God from having an effect. If you speak negative over yourself, if you down yourself, if you believe that people put condemnation on you when God has already said that he's paid for all your sins, it's going to build a weakness into your spirit. And that's Satan's goal. And don't, and don't partner with him. Don't link up with him in his goal to weaken you. Don't, you know what? If you've done some sin, don't tell it to people because they won't forget it. It's going to be in the back of their mind. You could have been delivered from that since you was young or whatever. Don't tell it. To, don't tell your weakness to people. Don't tell your sins to people because they won't forget it. They'll, they'll remember it. They're not, they're not like God who said he'll never, uh, uh, leave you not forsake you, he throw your sins in the sea of forgetfulness, they won't forget it. And it comes to be on their spirit, on their conscience, and that'll build into you a weakness because when they get a chance, they'll bring it up or they'll release upon you a spirit of condemnation because they remember something you told them that you did years ago. So don't tell them. Don't, 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 don't look for people to be your confidant all the time because they can only do so much because they're subject. Men are like passions, just like you know, all of us are. So what you want to do is, if you miss it, you want to confess your sins to the Lord, but you want to throw that thing in the sea of forgetfulness. If somebody wrongs you, you want to forgive them. 
and you also want to forget it by throwing it in the sea of forgetfulness. If you confess that with your mouth, you'll notice that it'll come off your heart. It'll come off your spirit. Well, let's go to uh, First King, the 17th chapter. Let's start at the first verse. It says, And Elijah, the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. You see how faith works? You got to speak a word. Now, Elijah understood the spirit realm. He understood the power of his words. He had a revelation of the power of his word. Now, as he spoke that God, knowing that he believed what he said, it says, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherub, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. Hallelujah. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. <clears throat> Hallelujah. What if he wouldn't have believed that? What if he would have went, wouldn't have went where God told him to go? That means he wouldn't have ate. See what I'm saying? The spirit of God had a plan. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook cherub that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, See, you got to believe the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord said, My God has supplied all thy need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The word of the Lord says, By his stripes you're healed. Whose report are you going to believe? We will believe the report of the Lord. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath which belonged to Zidon. Now, this is the story in the New Testament. Now, you'll notice that the words are different because the Old Testament is translated from Hebrew and the New Testament from Greek. That's why it's different to you who are into reading. But anyway, and it says, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belonged to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman to sustain thee. Now, imagine this. God has commanded a woman who don't have nothing to sustain him. Now, see, this don't make sense, right? Well, watch the word of the Lord. See, watch, watch the Lord. See, pure religion undefiled is to look after the widows in their affliction. But see, God still required some of this broke woman. He still required an offering. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. They say, well, I ain't got nothing. I can't give an offering. No, you got some. God requires an offering. Don't never let nobody fool you. From the old to the new, you got to bring something to the Lord. God requires an offering. Hallelujah. So he commanded his widow woman to sustain the man of God, right? And at verse 10, it says, So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth. I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first and bring it unto me and after make for thee and thy son. For thus said the Lord God of Israel, The barrel meal shall not waste, Neither shall the cruise oil fail until the day that the Lord sent it rain upon the earth. 
Hallelujah. When you have the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord shall not fail. Men's, men's words may fail out of the generation, but the word of the Lord endure forever. Hallelujah. When you declare the word of the Lord out of your mouth, it's going to come to pass. And that's how faith works. Be blessed. Well, welcome, brothers and sisters, on this Friday. Let's get right on into the word. Psalms 103 and 20, it says, Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. What does that mean? How many people know what that means? Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of God's word. I give you a hint, hearkening unto the voice. What voice of God's word? Do you know God is not here speaking? He speaks through people. He is speaking, but he speaks through people. You do the speaking. You do the speaking. You speak as an ambassador of Christ. He calls you on the on the phone and tells you, hey, tell this person in Russia the United States is going to do such and such, such and such. You are an ambassador of Christ. You are a representative of Christ. You are his mouthpiece. You speak on his behalf. But see, what happens is because you are a spirit, when you speak God's word, your spiritual help come. Angels, they come to make the word of the Lord come to pass. Jesus Christ is the surety of the New Testament. No word from God is void of power. In a word you read in this Bible, it still has the power it had when it was first written. Because it says in thanks Psalms 119 that the word of God is forever settled in heaven. You know, men might write a novel or write a book. And after a generation, that word is to lose its power. Now, men that have written spiritual books, books that God ordained them to write, it still has its power, even though it might have been written in the 18th, 17th, 16th century. Because words from God never lose its power. So if it's, a, if it's something in the scripture, suppose you want to get the prophetic anointing on you and you and you adamant about it. The way you get it, first of all, Paul said desire spiritual gifts. That's the one thing you got to have a desire for. It. If a person don't desire to speak in tongues, he won't. If a person don't desire to prophesy, he won't. If he don't desire to work miracles, he won't. But Paul admonished the people to desire spiritual gifts, and he said covet the best gift. That's the only thing he tells you to covet was the gifts from the Lord. So it starts off as a desire. And then you find scriptures related to that, where it says, my sons and my daughters shall prophesy. Glory. And you say, I'm a son. I shall prophesy. If you're a woman, you say, I'm a daughter. That's talking about me. That word still has the same power on it. And you say, this is for me right now. This is for me right now, because Joel said this is that. It was going on at the time. Hallelujah. So you continue to quote that scripture three or four times a day, and you'll notice that you'll break through in that realm. Glory. You'll break through in the realm of miracles. You, if you start saying that the works that, that Jesus did, I do also. It is written. Lord, you was able to make a surety on this word. Your word is forever settled in heaven. <clears throat> I work miracles. Them that believe it on the Lord Jesus Christ shall do the works that he did and greater works. Well, let's just start off with the works that he did. What kind of works he did? He raised the dead. He healed the sick. I think that'll be enough. Hallelujah. Glory. If we do the works Jesus did, that, that'll be enough. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. That'll be enough. We can do the works that Jesus did. How many understand what I mean by that? Well, in 1 John 
5 and at verse 4, it says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. How do you overcome every every problem? By faith. Why was Elijah sent to that widow? Because that widow was praying. Now, I didn't read, read this in the Bible, but Jesus inferred it. He said that Elijah was only sent to one person. He said Naaman was the only person healed of leprosy. Why was them pe two people healed? Evidently, they met, met God's conditions because God conditions his faith. The Bible teaches that without faith, it's impossible to please God. We're talking about how faith works. Faith is you got to have a desire for the thing. You got to have a desire for spiritual gifts. You got to have a desire for healing. You got to have a desire. That's how faith works. It starts off with, with a desire. You got to have a desire for something. You got to have a desire. Look, it's built into you. Nobody, who wants to be broke? Don't let nobody fool you. Who wants to, I don't. If you want to have, you have a desire for it, you'll have it. I'm not. Because the Bible teaches me that Jesus became poor. My desire is what Jesus' desire is. Jesus became poor that I through his poverty might become rich. My God, I'm rich. I'm not trying to get rich. I have it right now. See, you have it in the spirit before it's formed in the body. Glory, you was formed a spirit being before you was breathed into the body. I'm rich right now. I already have it. See, they was already given dominion before they exercised the dominion, but they sold it out by not walking in God's covenant. Oh, my God. Man, I don't have time to teach on that. But what I'm saying is you got to have it before you have it. You got to stand in, in the presence of sense knowledge and tell that I don't, I, I'm just not going for it. It's, it's, this is what it is. Body, you're healed. Bank account, you're swole. My bank account is swole up. See, Hebrews 11 in that verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, if you already have it, you don't need faith. Well, not if you already have it. If you already see it, you don't need faith. See, faith is standing in the presence of sense knowledge and saying God said it's this way when everything in the natural is saying it's this way. See, the, the, the examples I've been given this week, one example was that they were surrounded. Uh, Elijah was surrounded by men, but it was angels. Another example was the lady thought she was going to die, but Elijah came and the lady didn't die when she, when she fed him first. She didn't even have anything. She fed him first. She didn't die. Hallelujah. Faith is in the presence of sense knowledge, believing that God is the answer, that God is on time. He's on time God. Yes, he is. Now faith is not tomorrow faith. It's not going to be. You have to have it in your spirit. Because you are a spirit before it manifests in the natural. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for or imagined for. What do you imagine for? Are you imagining the wrong thing? Or are you imagining the right thing? It's the substance. Faith is a, is a force. It's a power. It's a power. It's a real substance of things positively imagined for, things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Your faith, that substance, that power, going to bring into being the thing that is desired, the thing that you believe you have. See, you have it already in the spirit. You have it when you believe you have it. When you believe you have it, you got to believe you have it before you have it because you have it before you have it because it's in the spirit. See, Elijah had the victory 
in the spirit before it manifests in the natural. See, don't worry about how God going to do it. You just have to know you have it. He was surrounded. But God, this is the way he chose to do it this time. He made them invisible. Another place in the Bible, the way he did it was he made a rumor get started amongst the people and they left. And, and four lepers, they said, man, we ain't going to sit here to die. And when they went out the gate, they saw that the enemy had left. All of this stuff is by faith. You got to have the victory before it manifests in the now. You got to have it in the spirit. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtain a good report. See, your faith, believing that you have something before you have it is going to make you get a good report. Now, if you led by the senses and let the senses or the soulish realm tell you what's right and what's wrong, then you're not going to get a good report. You're going to get the report of the sense realm. See, because that verse there said, through faith, we understand. Do you understand? We understand that the worlds were framed by what? By the word of God. The worlds were framed by the word of God. You know it's more than one world because the Bible says it's so. So I don't even have to, like, I, I could get into astrology. If I got into it, I'd be looking for the other worlds. Why? Because God said it, worlds, plural. So if the Bible says it, it got to be that. So by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by what? The word of God. He didn't take two before. He didn't take a bunch of particles and bang them together like they say in the Big Bang Theory. He spoke this stuff into existence so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. See, the things that you're going to have manifest is going to be by you declaring and decreeing it and prophesying it. Prophesying it. Why? Because the power over death and life is in your tongue. You become a prophet. Now, you might not be in the office of a prophet, but you are prophetic. You have the ability to declare things and to speak things into existence. So get started, brothers and sisters. Begin to declare the thing that you desire. Begin to walk into this divine revelation and cause the blessings of the Lord to be made manifest. Have a great day and be blessed.